my man. What up, bud? How you doing? Good. Cool shirt. Thanks, thanks. Where'd you get it? Where'd you get that shirt? I mean, if I'm wearing it, it's Target or it was free from somebody. So, <laughs> yeah, this is the Target special. So, yeah. I was, uh, I was looking at shirts in my closet. I was looking at buying something on Amazon and I thought, you know, it's an advantage to have darker skin. Yeah, this is how we're going to start this podcast. I used an advantage to have darker skin when you wear like oranges and stuff. Mm -hmm. I never really thought about the impact of skin color on the clothes you wear. Yeah. But the more I look at it, like it's huge, right? It also works reverse. I mean, I if I just go into a bar at night and I'm wearing all like dark, I just kind of fade away. You know, I used to have a friend used to tell me, wear, wear white, wear light colors, wear pink because it pops, you know? So even though I'm more comfortable in darker stuff, I, you know, every now and then I'll put this on like, hey, there we go. I got a button shirt with that same color as those stripes. Mm -hmm. It just looks funny on me, you know? It does. <laughs> does, it, it look looks funny? funny. Do you, does it look funny or do you just think it looks funny because you don't usually wear those colors? I should go grab it. I'll you, let should, you, grab you should, you should. All right, hold on. Go grab it, yeah. Okay. It's like salmon. Well, it, well, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> and if it's like, <laughs> okay, it's, it's a lovely color, but can you imagine how much better this would look on your body? You know, I'm not gonna lie that. Well, it's not the body. It's just the, yeah, your, your complexion, the level two, I mean, you get, you start blushing, you just you, you disappear into the shirt. Yeah. Okay. I, I get it. I'm, I get it. Yeah. It just looks funny on the, I remember hearing a comic talk about that. Just, it wasn't even a joke. It was just something he said in the office. Like, yeah, I can't really wear pink and stuff. You know what I'm saying? And he was talking about something else, but I was like, it's sometimes those offhanded comments that you hear the most because it's mm -hmm. not the direct yeah. thing that they're telling you. It's just those aside or like when you're a kid, you remember your parents talking and it wasn't what they sat you down and looked in you in the eye and told you. It was something they talked about, maybe something they just mentioned, just kind of like, ah, by the way, you know, yeah. and then that was a thing that caught your eye. Something about that is actually a powerful way to like connect. You can't really manipulate it though, because, or, or, or make it purposeful because then you are looking at them and, you know, it's like, yeah. how do you, how do you, uh, purposefully do something as an aside right you it's, it's by the subliminal name, you know, i guess you kind of well and it depends on the person i mean the person's either open to kind of catching that minutia or they're not so you kind of have to just maybe just talk yeah i don't know yeah i don't think you can purposely do it those are like maybe it's like god things you know it's like it'll just it'll just connect with the person you'll just say it without even it being your purpose or your plan and whatever so it's not going to be what we talk about with the shirts and skin color that'll get people's attention here it'll be something like here yeah well, that's something we just mentioned an okc uh basketball hoop in the background or whatever well i could we could kind of argue that that the shirt stuff is the in-between stuff you know like when that's not really it. yeah that's not really what we were planning on going to but you know so anyway yeah. Well, that's the beauty of this form is it's open ended and you can just just talk, right? Mm -hmm. um, okay, let me make a formal introduction, everybody. My name is Brandon Fertig. I'm with the Periphery, um, and my friend Paul. You may have seen him before. He uh, was the co-creator of Bill 
number three, Arkansas bill number three, where we drove from Paul's place in Oklahoma, looking, looking at his basketball hoop there. And we went over to Arkansas, the state just east of Oklahoma. And Paul was the videographer for that video. Obviously, I was the one on camera, so I wasn't the one shooting at this time. Paul was the guy. In fact, at the end of the video, you see a picture of Paul shaking yeah. hands with Bill. So Paul has a starring role, too. Um, <laughs> and now he especially has a starring role, not just on camera, but as like the producer and the and the creator of these podcasts. It was really his his brainchild. He's like, Brandon, let's do a podcast where we can uh, talk about the channel, just talk about things going on out there in the world. Uh, what's going on in our lives, our projects, our travels, whatnot. And then let's highlight a video that may have been lost, you know, in the library of content we have on the periphery. Let's highlight something, bring it to the fore um, and give it some attention it may not have gotten the first time around. So that's a great idea. I'm really excited about this. So let me actually introduce to you who don't know you, Paul. Let me introduce Paul to you viewers. And Paul, uh, take it away. And thanks a lot, man, for... Uh, an old time friend, we, we served together at a restaurant 10 years ago or whatever it was. It was a long time ago, pretty long time yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, Do you recognize the uh, the bracelet here? Remember that? Was, did you wear that there? Well, it was, uh, so I this is in my car and I just pulled it out about a week ago. It's the restaurant we used to work at. If you walked in with this bracelet, you got a free glass of wine. That was- Oh, I do remember that. Family. I remember them being lavender, but I don't know. No, here we go. This, this was it. I think it was the only only kind they had. But anyway, maybe there were multiple. But anyway, I saw this the other day. And I, I do remember out. that promotion. Yeah. That got that. I probably still have my purple shirt somewhere. They had us wear purple <laughs> button-ups at the, at the lavender. Um, yeah, from purple to salmon. Huh? So I had I had no say over the clash <clears throat> there. I, it's, it's your uniform. That and dark jeans. And if it wasn't dark enough, they'd tell you to buy new jeans. Yeah, I got, I got told that a couple times. You were a rebel. I've never seen. I mean, I've seen you be a rebel, but you were purposely just kind of. You were. You were. You would mess with them on purpose. Rebel is polite. I was just a bad worker. I was just a bad employee. How about that? Maybe that too. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't my calling. This is more my style, and it's been great to have Paul along, like over the years, off and on, and now lately we've really collaborated a lot more. Uh, we knew at the time that we had a lot in common. Uh, Paul's a writer, he's a songwriter, and uh, and a poet, and just, you know, creative. And and so these things, just we had a lot to talk about back and forth, and we we got pretty close at, at work there, and then Paul moved away, and I did some things, and whatever. Now we're back together collaborating on, on this channel, and especially so for these podcasts. So I want to say a couple things about yourself, Paul, and then we'll rock and roll with the show. Yeah, well, I mean, you kind of nailed it. Kind of some of the main things. I'm a creative type. I've been a video editor for, I don't know, off and on for about 20 years, mainly working for local TV news stations, uh, editing kind of marketing type stuff. But I've also written, done some camera work. And now for the past year or so, I've been doing kind of freelance videography. And yeah, and kind of Brandon said, we kind of, you know, kind of got back in touch. And it was at a time when what I kind of do and what he does kind of intersect. So we just kind of started working together. And this is a way for us to kind of, Basically, we whenever we talk, our conversations go on for hours. We won't keep, we won't have these these podcasts go as long as our conversations. But we kind of thought it'd be nice to just record our conversations and you know kind of get get to know each other while you get to know us along the way. So this is kind of the first effort in that. And I think, yeah, I mean, recently, Brandon, you were down in Florida, and we've kind of purposefully held off on catching up on that for this. So why don't you? 
tell me, tell us about Florida. How's Florida? Well, it was a reunion that brought me down there too. Um, we talk about the reunion between you and I lately, but but I went down to Florida to see, well, Simon, Minnesota, things here are pretty locked down. It's not like the South, Oklahoma, Florida, wherever, Mississippi, where things are a little bit more open. So um, I just was staring at a long winter in October. I was like, boy, it's going to be a long winter ahead in Minnesota. They're long anyway. They're very long anyway. But uh, if, if, if restaurants won't be open or at full capacity, and if there will be virtually no salsa dancing, which is a, ho which is a hobby of mine, uh, then, which there hasn't been, I guess there's one place now that's open and I'm surprised they're even allowed because people around here are pretty strict on this stuff. But um, I just like, I gotta get away this winter, you know? You know? So uh, yeah, I took a road trip to West Virginia as, as people who watch this channel might know from, from that video with uh, re my reunion with Carrie, West Virginia Carrie. Um, uh, but I wanted to take a proper little trip. So I reached out to a couple of Florida contacts and one was an old buddy from college that I hadn't seen in 20 years, Roger. And this was more of like a, a vacation. I, I, I almost always, when I travel, take my camera and my tripod and my mic and I interview people along the way. Um, it's what I did in Alaska last August. And, but this time I was like, no, just, just take, just take it easy. And um, I had, I had to resist because I had a great time, uh, Getting to Jacksonville, obviously it's much warmer, palm trees, tropical. I mean, I feel like I'm in another country in a way because it's just so tropical and warm and the beaches and it feels Caribbean to me coming from the pine trees and deer of the Midwest. Um, and Roger shows me around like Jacksonville. Uh, Southern, I, I drive up to Southern Georgia where a, a, a friend of mine lives. He's an older guy, he just lost his wife. So, I mean, connecting with him and catching up was was you know was impactful there and 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 that area of southern Georgia is a real diamond in the rough. People don't even know know it exists, but it's a That's very Saint old, Jesus. very old part of the country. Uh, Saint Mary's is where he lived, and you okay. got the coastal. It had that coastal like Main Street vibe, where um, but like 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 tourist. Uh, so ice cream shop, maybe it's spelt with two P's and an E at the end, you know, like restaurants that had a patio that overlooked the, 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 the ocean, or at least the, the channel that went out into the ocean, um, ferries that were taking tourists out, but it was, it was not very popular. It was cooler and it was, you know, still some COVID concerns in the air. So there wasn't a lot of people there. Yeah. Super historic. Uh, I talked to some people on the dock there at St. Mary's into that channel going into the ocean and they were fishing for all kinds of things. And this is where I found a real opportunity for a video. Uh -huh. And on day two, I flew in on a Wednesday, on Thursday, I was driving up to St. Mary's, Georgia, talking to people on the dock up there um, on this pier going out into this channel. And then there's Southern good old boys, um, big beer belly, hat, you know, beer, just, you know, the accent, the whole thing, great guys talking and talking all about life that I'm like, man, this is golden. I got to be recording this, you know, mm -hmm. but I'm like, just, just enjoy it. Just enjoy yeah. it. So I did that. I'd find um, throughout the time that there was lots of people like that to talk to N not surprising. What, what did sort of strike me though, is that I kept having these interactions on docks and piers, people fishing. And I realized this is a great opportunity for a video. So that's actually, you know, planting the seed, Paul, Mm -hmm. I want to do a video of 
talking to fishermen, dockside fishermen and women all around the country, because yeah. fishing is a really good uh, just activity and, 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 and gateway to conversation. Well, it's, it's a passive activity where you're you're actively doing something, but passively doing something at the same time. You know, you kind of have that space to feel. And it's right? something, and people are doing something leisurely. And um, we all have our own styles. Oh, I'm getting this. It's a strategy. I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm using this bait, whatever. All the kinds of fish you can catch, especially down there. It's 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 quite a variety in that brackish water. Mm -hmm. You can get freshwater and salt water. You can get everything from a catfish to a shark off the same pier. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's really neat. Uh, um, and then you, they might ask you about fishing where you are. Mm -hmm. So, oh, in Minnesota, we catch this and that. One guy said, oh yeah, those walleyes up in Minnesota, you know, so mm -hmm. it was it was great. Um, and I did end up making one video the uh, yeah. over the weekend. I, I was in Florida from Wednesday to a Wednesday. Over the weekend, I um, took a road trip with Roger to Tampa across the state. And in Tampa, I, I was like, okay, I got to just record this because, you know, Roger and I are walking along, just enjoying the, uh, this, this Fort DeSoto State Park. So it's about the fort. It's about, um, you know, some of the food there, the beach, obviously. Uh, but I'm like, just give me, a, just give me 20 minutes, Roger. I just got to do this thing. I'm like, yeah. an addict. like, give me a, yeah. I got to go and do this a gambling addict or something. Let me go into the casino, just a few, a few bets. Um, but people were catching all kinds of fish and there was a uh, these birds these very large birds like these stork crane like birds were walking along the dock and very tame and they were very large so to see a bird that big up close was cool yeah wait how um, big how big would you say like oh three, three feet three feet three tall feet. okay that yeah big animal um and those birds have that look in there they just sort of look at you with their beak you know like this mm -hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like a dinosaur a little velociraptor looking at yeah. you you know it's uh yeah, that was like that was give like the evil eye. I don't know. Uh, so, so that was novel. That was kind of neat to see. And then all the kids are around, and they love to talk about fishing. And no one was camera shy. Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing too about people in the South. They tend to be a bit more gregarious and open than than say up here in Minnesota. Um, Definitely, yeah. And uh, oh, and there was a dolphin. There was a dolphin, which to me was like, Did oh my gosh. Now, but no. you know what the dolphin was doing? it was eating the fish people were reeling in oh so, wow and it yeah. was, i guess it was getting it though the hook wasn't it was just kind of going through everything yeah well the fish of course the dolphin i mean i don't know how smart it is to know this yeah. but it's fortunate to be doing this because it's pretty effective because if you catch a fish only the tip of its body its mouth is going to be uh, that's right so the dolphin just bites anything behind the very top of the head <laughs> then it's going to get the whole thing and it just it's pretty vicious i think and how it grabs it so it just rips it right off the hook and the guy will just feel like a huge pull and then it's gone and then you'll see a dolphin swimming and it's like oh so they were they hated that dolphin flippers getting lunch getting fed they, they didn't like the dolphin they were trying to like like if they had a fish on they'd look around for the dolphin making sure it doesn't <laughs> eat their lunch um that's pretty awesome actually yeah. yeah yeah like to me that was gold and to them it was annoying but that's also in itself gold because mm -hmm. then you see the difference in lifestyles very apparent right there now was it, for them are these people are they were they fishing for pleasure or for dinner um dinner they were going for mackerel spanish mackerel and others would keep other fish too uh and there was a real diverse group mm -hmm. uh, 
th that's the thing too. Fishing is so universal that, yeah. and America is a diverse place. So if you go to any large town, especially you know Tampa, mm -hmm. you you know there were, there were Asian, maybe Vietnamese, um, and then of course the local white and black populations and some Latino, I think. So you just get a whole rainbow of people doing it too, and that's that's mm -hmm. that's always good for conversation. The one guy didn't speak any English, so he just kind of he just laugh and nod, and that's when you know that he's like stop recording get out of here uh, thing, yeah. you know <laughs> um but he got a bunch of tiny little fish and i thought boy that's that's not going to be much but um enough for them you know they were happy they had like a whole bucket full of them um the big birds like the the pelicans would go in and and, and the cormorants would, would 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 scoop up the bait fish that were all on the other on, on one side of the dock and yeah the people would actually fish for the bait on one side of the dock and then fish for the mackerel on the other side of the dock it was that distinct. The bait, of the bait a, fish were all in a swarm right off the end. It's all in the video. We should. It's, yeah, it's, you my, know. it's the latest video on the periphery. So if you're watching this and are okay. curious, just go to the periphery YouTube, which is okay. where you're watching this on right now. And I guess it'll be the next video after this one or something. You know, it's that that's kind Very of recent um, video. it feels kind of like can't the fish just cut out the middleman and just the bigger fish and just go under the dock and. That's what I said. I said, why are they even biting on your line? Because they have all this bait right here. Yeah, it's there. Like they have all this free food. And they just said, well, they, you know, they didn't know, but they would they would keep reeling them in. Um, the bait fish were so abundant though that a guy had one of those nets with like weight weights on the ends of it, you know. So when it when it goes in the water, it kind of cups yeah. the weights go down. And he he brought up 50, 60 little fish about this size. And I'm like, is that all you did was just throw the net off the end of the dock and get all these fish? He's like, yep. I'm like, I was wondering where you guys got your bait. Bait's free. There you go. That, was, that yeah. was the line. Wow. That was the line. Um, so teeming with life is 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 okay. is an accurate phrase one one could say about that dock. So just I just had to cap for that. Yeah. Um, but no, it was great. I actually um I found out my cousin and his wife and daughter were in Clearwater, which is next to Tampa, while I was there. Okay. So yeah. I stayed an extra day there to be with them. And then that was completely, totally proper vacation. Not even a conversation with the local. Well, there was one guy who had a, uh, a metal detector on the beach and I talked to him yeah, about things so. that he finds. I just couldn't, you can't, you know, that's, yeah. you can't turn that off. Mm -hmm. But that was a day where I was sitting on the beach, swimming in the ocean. And yeah. it was a real day of vacation there. And the rest of it was too. I just did a little more. You see, exploring. people find whenever folks, I've had a problem with going to the beach and doing nothing. I, I don't I know. Do too. I, I sit down and I'll have a book and I think in my head, I think this is going to be so relaxing. I'm just going to sit here and just feel the sun and smell the ocean air and just yeah. relax people. And 30 minutes in, I'm just kind of, I got it. That's why we're friends. Nothing. We can keep each other busy with conversation and yeah. we walk around the restaurant together before uh -huh. we start and just talk. <laughs> Look for like oh there's a silverware out of place okay let's do that's so a really yeah. busy while talking. Um, talking. I'm the same way, and I asked my cousin that I'm like, what do you guys do? He's like, oh we just you know sit on the beach and sit on the beach. I, I often wonder what people do on the beach too because I I many times I've been on the beach. Okay, it's like I'm waiting for something. Okay, yeah. and go. What do you mean go, Brandon? You you're, you're here. This is it. Mm -hmm. This is it. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard for me too to relax. I, there are I, kind of two different types of people, and, and that's a very distinct line between the people who can actually just 
relaxing is fun and where being occupied is fun or being active is fun. And I think, yeah, yeah. I'd like to be able to just chill. I actually envy that whether it's someone's laying on their stomach tanning or whether it is reading a book. Um, that's actually a goal of mine is to be able to relax more. Mm-hmm. That's kind of might, might sound strange. Like I need to be better at being lazy or something like that. I don't think it seems it, kind of counter counterintuitive, but it's good to rest to recover. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think people who like to be active find we just I, I don't find joy in doing nothing. I mean, the best I can do is find a TV show that I binge. Yeah, you know, that I'm really into and I want to want to know. But then even at that point, there's a couple after a few hours I gotta just do something but anyway well so okay so um so people wise did you meet any just i mean you kind of met people along the way but was there any sort of deeper not deeper but did you meet someone that you actually had some good real conversation with that wasn't in passing um well i got to know uh, yeah i mean so roger had a friend this older guy who married this i don't want to get this wrong should get offended because there's a big difference between Bosnian, Serbian, oh yeah, you know that that area of the world, the old Yugoslavia. But I think she is Bosnian, and so she, um, we went on this boat tour around Saint Augustine, which is the oldest uh, <clears throat> colony in the in the country. By the way, it's older than Plymouth Rock and all the stuff in the Northeast. It's like the old original Spanish, so it looks like a colonial like a like an Antigua Guatemala or, or something. It has that same kind of old Spanish mm-hmm. uh, feel. The oldest non-native colony, as we'd say. Actually That's right. Well, it's a colony. So colony. yeah, Never it's mind. the oldest colony right. um, city started, yes. And it was about the Spanish and it was in the 1500s. So th- this predates the pilgrims by a good hundred years. Wow. Um, or maybe Wait, 75 four, or yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we were taking a, a sunset boat ride, just a real touristy thing going around and then pointing out the thing. There's the oldest church, there's a big old cross, there's this old bridge with two lions at the at the head of it to like signify something or another. I don't know, touristy stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where I met Roger's friend. He's in IT and he married this Bosnian woman. And then she, before we had said goodbye that night, uh, talked to me a little bit about the war there and how she had, a, I think, a brother who served in that war, and then a sister who actually lost her life. Yeah. Sorry, I, I, this is the perfect, this is the complete wrong time for me to be smiling, but I hear the vacuum in the background. I was wondering like about attacking, that. Like it's, just, it's, actually, it's actually not a, um, you know what they're doing? They're, they're painting the walls, and so they're grinding what uh, they've chipped uh, away. Uh, I was wondering if you were hearing that. That's too bad. But well, I mean, it's fine. You know what? That's that's life. That's podcast. That's, that's live streaming. The, whatever. The timing so, of hearing it in the story was unfortunately at the wrong time. But think of it as like a tense C or D or F note, just in the background there, like hanging on one extended note for dramatic okay. effect. Okay. Uh, okay, let's re- re- back it. Take take off where I interrupted you. I, that was a poorly timed. Well, yeah. well. Uh, now we can blame the the painter for that one. Think of it as the dentist. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, no, she she just told me about, you know, because she had a, a thick accent. She had gotten to the US maybe in the last 20 years. Yeah. Um, and she was she was in her 50s. She had grown kids. So 
um, she had she had a lot to talk about there, and she almost started to like get a little, you know, because her sister died a couple decades ago, I think, and um, so that 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 would have been up that you know powerful connection. Yeah. Uh, plus, my friend in St. Mary's who just lost his wife, and mm, there are probably some others too. I, uh, but yeah, you know, one thing at the beach that I saw to completely go back to that. Mm-hmm. I noticed two girls uh, like doing inst- you can tell it's the Instagram generation mm-hmm. because it was two young women in swimsuits and they kept just posing for pictures and it wasn't like normal like cheese and cheesy stuff you know on the beach it was like I'm gonna I'm gonna stick my butt out mm-hmm. really far and I want you to take a picture of just my butt and so her friend had the camera right up to her butt, like yeah. just her butt. Uh-huh. And then she's like kneeling in the water and looking back. And these are young, these are like high school girls doing oh, this man. stuff. And I'm just like, oh my God, I don't want to look like a pervert watching these two girls, but this is a telltale sign of the year 2021, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least this modern era. times yeah. where I don't think I ever would have saw that. Uh, I mean, one, the phone technology to take pictures but I think it's the Instagram thing. I think it's the whole, just, I want, I want others to really, um, um, you know, like and, and, and share and, and compliment me on these photos. I want to, mm-hmm. you know, want to be a star. Um, it's different. It's almost like we're, re, you know, we're kind of recreating life instead of just doing life and capturing it. It's almost like a lot of our lives now are just kind of for something else instead of just. Yeah. But, yeah, no, there is that that layer between you and authentic existence. Mm-hmm. And I I do that too. I mean, I I have the same problem. I'm not posing for Instagram photos, but I'm, you know, I'm putting this in front of me and the world, right? Yeah. Uh, so it was it was it was refreshing on this trip to only on one, at one time have this out mm-hmm. for a to capture the scene on that dock. Besides that. I just talked to the Bosnian woman. I just talked to the fisherman at St. Mary's. Yeah. And um, yeah, I rely on this too much. I've, it's a profession, but it's like being a painter and walking into a house and not noticing the, the, the walls, you know, it's, it's hard to turn that off, but um, yeah, both from a professional angle and the fact that, yeah, we live in a, a time where our lives are in, our lives are poured into the social media realm. And so, it's hard to disconnect from that. It's why the silent retreat I did in January was so powerful. Oh, yeah. I'll just, I won't. I went on a three day, no talking, no uh, electronics. Okay, we're, you know, we are gonna, cause we talked about it some just in a previous conversation, but I wanna get more into what a normal day looked like, not now, but in the next time, next week, whenever we okay. have our next, next podcast, yep, we're gonna dive into that because I wanna yep. know more about what yeah there you go what it was the viewer, like. yeah now there wasn't like you're not you're silent there but you're not sworn to silence outside is it? it's not like a not like the secrets of a fraternity or a cult or anything nope nope happy to talk all about it okay. um okay. which th- th- there's kind of an irony in that but uh, <laughs> I, I i i i do um something i realized there though very very powerful truth about life is i realized life is meant to be discovered not explained and maybe that'll be sort of what I what we what we end this teaser with. 
Um, but the idea of like trying to explain this thing to people, mm -hmm. it's hard to do. You can only give them just like, you know, a general idea, but to go there and realize the benefits, that's what's gonna mm -hmm. keep you coming back. And, 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 and yeah, life is, life is meant to be discovered. We, it's, it's, we can't explain um, why one should do all the things uh, that would benefit them. It, it has to be learned along the way. And I, mm -hmm. anyway, that's, that's kind of a general idea that, that struck me while there. So yeah. Anyway, I'm happy to talk all about it though. Next time we, we do one of these. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, let's, let's move on to kind of just what, what's kind of going on in the world right now that's kind of got your attention. What's something that, yeah, you just want to talk about now. Oh, let's see. I mean, I'm, I'm a big, I, I take a lot of interest in there's some intellectual things and then there's some human interest things, right? So kind of the analytical, I don't know if that's at the left side of the brain. I don't know if that's even holds up to, to research, but it's that idea of more analytical thinking. Um, I think I have that right. The left side is more analytical. The right brain is more artistic. If I don't flip flop them and whatever, one side is one, one side is the other. And I'm interested in how like technology affects the way society is going to proceed. And that gets relates to human interest because if we if we have this technology and it makes society change, then that is going to uh, change how people tell their stories and live their lives. Right? It's going to tell the, it's going to alter the course of the human story. And I see a lot of change coming on the horizon that's going to alter it drastically the the human story, the human experience, because we're just we're not able to organize and function as as we once oh, as, I mean, as, as we think we're we i feel are. like you're talking about something specific but you haven't mentioned the specific thing you're kind of are you, do you mean to be general general and you're going towards something or are you is there something well that you're talking about? these are general effects like the way we the way we structure our our societies right the way we have uh, elected government and police and you know, media institutions and educational institutions. And we've got sort of these, these pillars and these, these ways of, of things operating and we're used to all that, but um, the, the rise of the internet and the communication enhancement of social media and stuff is just sort of upending a lot of this. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing the dysfunction happen because of this. So government's not as effective, law enforcement might not be as effective and people themselves are getting more radicalized because of social media and then that that makes it so especially in the u.s where people are a bit radical anyway more so and and definitely more diverse in many other countries those different radical elements are just not able to be contained in one thing mm -hmm. so i think we just see a general unraveling really that's a that's a scary word but i think that's kind of what's happening in the country right now um that also provides a lot of opportunities, though, for for ways to be of service. And this is where my nonprofit comes into play, the Periphery Foundation, where I've started taking money that the channel raises on some of my videos, especially the homelessness documentary featured on the channel. Uh, and then using that money to help these causes, because I'm seeing the existing ways that we're trying to address homelessness not keep up with the with the problem at least here in the twin cities 
So whether it's the existing shelter system or the, the county providing benefits, you know, these kinds of existing structures that we've used for aid, uh, social services, I'm, I'm seeing them continually falling behind in, in, in the needs, not just because the demand is more, but also because they seem to be struggling more with, I don't know, well, in this year, tax basis will be a lot less because of COVID. So yeah, there's a lot of things happening to kind of break these systems down. And so a nonprofit like, like, like the Periphery Foundation might be able to swoop in and fill that void a little bit. Like we don't have a lot of money, but to go in and offer services directly to people without saying, oh, well, this is a county's job or we need to go through a shelter or a church. Well, no, why don't we just go and do it directly? We've got the money coming from the channel. We don't need to create a grant even if we get enough money from our videos and from donors, then we don't have to go through some gatekeeper yeah. of, 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 of grant uh, givers. So there's a lot of power for direct giving. And I think that's just going to have to be leveraged more and more going into the future. Let me ask you, because I mean, homelessness is kind of something that it's a recurring theme. It's a recurring cause for you. And yeah. it's something that I, so I lived in San Diego two different times. I, I lived there around 2004 and I think around 2014 or 15. So basically 10 year difference. And then 04, I don't remember, I mean, there were homeless people, but it was just kind of, it was, they were, they were there, but it wasn't intrusive. It was just kind of, okay, big city. There's homeless people. It's a nice, nice weather. I remember every now and I'd see a homeless person like on the beach laying on their bike. So and I'm like, oh, that's, uh, it can't get stolen. You know, it was kind of like a, it was just like, oh, look, you know, but then in 10 years later, there's whole areas of downtown that were just occupied by homeless people and they were just sleeping on sidewalks. And mm. it was just, it was so in your face at all times. And I wonder, do you have, I know that's a different city, um, a different part of the country, but do you have any idea kind of what, what happened in that decade? And I know LA is just crazy. And I, there's certain cities that are just really over, not even overrun, but just kind of, it's a major problem. Yeah. What changed? Like what, what happened in society that, because I think that there was just in those 10 years, there was a huge shift. Well, I, I think there's been a general increase of homelessness over the decades, mm -hmm. really starting okay. in the seventies. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Um, because before the seventies, especially sixties and fifties and before homelessness was largely the stereotype of the, the, the dude with the big red nose. Cause he's mm -hmm. an alcoholic holding a stick in a bag. That's your thing. The okay. hobo, the hobo. The hobo yeah. There was even a kind of a romance to that culture, you know, jump in box cars, travel the country, <laughs> mm -hmm. whatever. They almost always did enough work to get by. So they had some kind of, um, incentive to do something because there wasn't the social services that there are now. Yeah. Um, but in the seventies, it changed. It went from just, uh, a largely adult male issue to now one affecting kids, women, uh, everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, and there was a lot more, uh, drugs, uh, whereas before it was mostly alcohol. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it, it wasn't just hobos living in boxcars or living in little um, flop houses. It was actual like, no, I'm sleeping on the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. So that really started to happen in the set. A lot, a lot happened in the country around then um, to kind of break down communities. Yeah. And, uh, you know, whether it was the war, whether it was um, 
outsourcing of jobs. Um, I think just mass media and people getting more mad about about things and the radicalization of of, of people. Um, drugs uh, became more proliferated. There's a lot of things that happened during that time, and yeah. and then things just sort of. I don't know, like the more tight knit communities you imagine in the 50s post war, we're all more unified and just happy to be at peace. That all just sort of went away in the 60s. Yeah. And then the 70s saw some fallout and it's been continuing that ever since. So there's a general increase in homelessness first. Yeah. And then um, I think what you see is different places handling it differently and the ones yeah. that are generous with it, that are lenient with it, are seeing a huge influx of it. Mm -hmm. And the places that are more hard about it, uh, maybe mean, you would say, are seeing people leave those areas. So you you probably don't have a huge homelessness problem in Oklahoma City. Well, remember, we, we you know, when we, because when you visited, oh, yeah. we, we were downtown and there wasn't a problem necessarily downtown, vis visible problem in the main area of downtown. Not that it's a huge downtown, but it wasn't that visible. But then mm -hmm. found out later that, yeah, it's just, there's an area, it's just kind of, they've been pushed into a different part. Yeah, they're, they're a little yeah. more... They're, they're tougher, let's just say yeah. that. They're tougher on homelessness in red states. And they're tougher. States. That's no surprise. They're tougher on where homelessness can be, I would say. And I don't know numbers are super detailed, but I just know that there is a homelessness. There are a lot mm -hmm. of homeless here. They're just not where, where they are is kind of more controlled. Right. Places yeah. like California are, um, they're, 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 they're open. They, Places like Seattle are very progressive. Vancouver, oh my gosh, they'll have places where you can go and they'll 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 work with you. They'll like literally watch you shoot up and make sure that you do it safely. Uh -huh. So yeah. they're, you know, they keep going down that road where it's like, well, we better give out free needles so they don't spread diseases. Okay, we'll give out free needles. Well, they still might overdose, so we better have a place they can come to and make sure that they have a clean needle and then we can like watch them. And so they'll have a nurse watch them as they shoot up. I mean, it's, they're like, oh, but no one's overdosing. Yeah, but you got a ton of addicts now, right? Mm -hmm. So, and they are overdosing because they'll just get high when they don't go to that, that place and, or they'll take fentanyl, which is a killer. So yeah, these places that have been more lenient and taken that approach have seen their numbers go up a lot. Yeah. Um, well, West Coast yeah. cities, especially. I think I think that on the next, um, next time we do this, we've kind of got, I, I want to get deeper into that aspect of it the kind of drug side of homelessness from what you've okay. seen. Um, we can get deeper into that because I, I don't know, I'm just, I've kind of thoughts on drug legalization. And I've just kind of been mm -hmm. mulling that idea over for, I don't know, since I was in college, I had a professor mm -hmm. kind of throw that out there back in the nineties and I thought it was insane. And then the more I thought about mm -hmm. it, the more it sounded like it made some sense. And yeah, you've seen kind of some of the, anyway, we, we can get into that. I think maybe a little bit, not, not the whole time, but just a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. It, 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 it's its own discussion like that's yeah. that's yeah. we could we could talk for three hours on that one topic because it's oh there's so much and i've got a lot of interviews of, of people who are homeless i mean the documentary is the is the real yeah uh honeypot of, of 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 that topic but there are other interviews on my on the periphery of uh of, of homeless people that i've talked to vancouver uh, seattle and um and then others in the twin cities and then more that i'm coming out with see when I was studying this topic on a more academic level, I, I traveled to Houston and Dallas to see how they were doing things. Yeah. And um, I interviewed a lot of people there. So I've got a lot of content, Paul, and okay, maybe, well. maybe you and I, maybe this is the, 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 the beginning of a, um, 
of, of, of restarting this project, which I've, I've been working with a, with a friend here on it too, but I've got a lot of content, a lot of interviews with people who are working the air, they work in, in shelters and yeah. social services. So they give their two cents on the issue. So there's a real like frontline PBS special here yeah. like style of, 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 of piece we could create um, with a bunch of human interest stories along the way. Yeah, and it sounds like you've got, you know, it's not like you're just picking from one area. You've got multiple mm -hmm. areas covered. So I think that, yeah, we'll have to dive into that and just kind of see what we can put together. And based on Stay what I've witnessed from firsthand, how you, how you interview, it's uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. it'll be, there's a lot of good content there. So, okay, well, well, we'll double back on that next time we get a little more into it. But now I think to kind of wrap this up, I think we want to talk about one of your kind of videos from the back catalog maybe watch it and discuss it as it's going. So why don't you kind of talk about the video we're going to watch? Yeah, that's something else we'll do in these podcasts. And I got to credit Paul for this too. You know, let, let's let's show a video that that might be back there that hasn't gotten the attention that that, that, that we might think it uh, should enjoy. Um, and I was thinking about how now, boy, just to talk about all the controversies in the world, um, it's funny how we were keeping it light and now it's going to get really heavy, but that's, that's life, right? That's, that's the life of a, of a, of a, of a human interest storyteller. I mean, it could go either way so fast, but you know, last spring, George Floyd, the, um, the fallout from, from that, the protests and riots and such. So I went to downtown or I, not downtown, but just south of downtown Minneapolis, where it was what I call ground zero. It's where the target, it's where the police precinct was, was stormed. And uh, for one full day, I went down there uh, and just, I would end up making three videos on the topic. And this video that we're about to play is the first of three yeah, videos that I made. The first one is, is, is this guy, I just called him a street preacher, but you know, I don't know what else to call him. He, cause he was sort of preaching. It wasn't religious. It was social. Um, he was, he was just, he was kind of preaching like, this is not, you know, what, what's going on. We can do better than this. He wasn't a, he wasn't a fan. There were people congregated there because there was a line of national guard troops. Cause now they had sealed the perimeter around yeah. where all these large fires had taken place. And so that were those, National Guard troops were stationed around that area where, where there were people congregating and like giving them the peace of their mind. You know, there was a lot of. Uh, wait, so I wait until so you're. So why don't we just get into it? Why don't we just, you know. Yeah, sure thing. I mean, so this yeah. guy is just giving a talk in okay. front of the National Guard troops. Okay, here we go. Let me cue this up. Here we go. Okay. Well, okay, two questions. What would it do? you think it'd be possible to go in video and kind of just show what it looks like now, just a couple of those areas? Oh yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. at some point in the future, we, you know, I kind of just do a little follow-up, just, just a little quick video, like maybe posted in this, in this, you know, podcast or just somewhere just like, okay, here's what it was that day. Here's what it is now on, um, you know, 10, nine months, 10 months later, whatever it is. Well, seven, eight, you know, just to talk shop here. Mm -hmm. um, I would, I would say a year later. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. would say, Let's let's plan this and then. But you know what I will say, and not to be disingenuous, but maybe you go there eleven months later, before everybody else comes back for the year later. You know what I mean? There was no shortage of yeah 
I mean, I didn't see a lot of them, but there was a lot of content being put on YouTube and in the, the Facebook groups here locally of, of, of filmmakers, a lot of drone footage, which by the way, yeah. was remarkable. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, the local PBS affiliate here was giving grants out to filmmakers to, to tell their 2020 story. Mm -hmm. and, okay. Know, yeah. Featured a lot of this. There's also pandemic stuff in the election, but the focus, I think, for most of them was the was the the reaction to George Floyd's death. And that, another reason I bring it up now is because we're in the midst of the trial. Mm. And so, what's interesting, Paul, is that, and I say interesting in a very removed. It's not that interesting. I mean, it's 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 uh, troubling. Mm -hmm. Um, and scary, but you know, from like an academic standpoint, it's interesting. But in a year's time, I mean, who knows what it's going to look like? Because if the if if people get upset about what what happens, yeah. Um, I was thinking about that trial this morning. Like, it's been so built up that it, this is also where I think social media and the connectivity of everything oh. sort of interferes with the standard way we've done things. Like, how can the justice system actually try to do an impartial thing here when everyone knows about like they're, they're having a heck of a time finding jur jurors? Well, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I, I'm not well, saying this to take the side of, of anything. Well, I'm, just, I'm just trying to speak objectively here about like, how is it supposed to be done in an impartial way? I, I, I don't I don't know if it's possible. I mean, and, and I don't think the community is going to they're not going to respond well unless there is a guilty on all counts the verdict yeah. and that might happen but if it doesn't i'm worried that minneapolis i i have friends there i mean i'm gonna i'm actually gonna tell them they should probably leave well i think you know i think so for a short from, while from a there's it, it makes sense to maybe go down there before the trial wraps to get that's some true so maybe this will be a so, nine month later thing so we know because if, if if things go sideways you know afterwards then we're not going to really know what this moment looked like what before you know round two happens and, and also too yeah well you know what here's we're going to revisit several of these topics we talked about today next time and this will be one of them because i wasn't even thinking about that you're right there and yeah we definitely need to the oh, video, the, the the video that popped up in the recommend, yes. you know how at the end of a YouTube video, uh, another video will come up, a suggested video. Mm -hmm. Well, the one I the one I have there is is a podcaster named Brittany Schaefer. Yeah, and she interviewed me about what was going on in Minneapolis. Okay. She has her own podcast, and so I talk about it as it was happening mm -hmm. last year on her show. Um, though we can certainly do the same thing here as the trial is now happening, not the aftermath of the incident yeah i think i mean we've just kind of on this 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 pod we've just kind of we've had a few things we want to talk about but we've kind of meandered or just let one thing lead us to where just lead us where, we, where it led us but i yeah. think that a few jumping off points you now for the next one is you know we can just kind of bullet point those and then if something gets in between them or pushes them aside it, then it does but it's pretty appropriate too because i know that this is where i, I want to hear what you think too because mm -hmm. you, you come at things from a little bit different political perspective and you being yeah. african-american yourself so um there's a lot there's a lot of potential here for some yeah i think uh great dialogue dialogue yeah. well, how about this how about, how about we end it there um this has been fun uh our initial our inaugural uh that's right, right um, history but yeah, but hey, is there anything you want to do to kind of just sign off and tell tell your your viewers, your listeners, viewers? Yeah. Yeah, like let us know what what sorts of things 
you think about maybe video suggestions you want us to do the sort of the problem with this channel is that it's it's too broad and i have a hard time because i mean we, i think about it we started this conversation with hey i'm going to do a video about people fishing on docks around the country <laughs> to going back to the riot zone mm -hmm. now that is just worlds apart right? right the only thing they have in common is that they're both in the country mm -hmm. and and that's all i really and i don't even use that i have videos from out of the country too but it's it's so broad. So I guess I'm interested in the the numbers of viewers sort of indicate what people like most on the channel. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's that. But also, you know, I like to hear suggestions. So if you're watching this and you have something to add, either about a topic we discussed or a suggestion for a video, I've had people reach out saying, "Hey, interview this guy. He's 104 years old. He's got this story, that story," and I'm all ears for that. Mm -hmm. I have another a woman that this didn't work out but she she said hey i'm down in cajun country you should do a video about life here because it's kind of a shrinking culture just but so it's you know, real... i'm not doing the i'm not doing the subtitles on that one that's all that's all you okay <laughs> we'll see how good the ai is at, at <laughs> oh retrieving God. the uh the subtitles there oh, um yeah, yeah. yeah that would be funny yeah. uh, but 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 there's that right so i i love getting these suggestions and uh, so yeah, give us your two cents and, um, yeah, I, I would say just thanks for watching this. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have feedback about the podcast itself, we're all ears about that too. You know, we want to, we want this to be interesting for viewers and, uh, uh, Paul, I, I, I want this to be a lot of fun for us. There's a lot we can cover, which we mm -hmm. obviously have in this first episode. And I guess I'll just say, I look forward to doing so with, 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 with future episodes. Likewise, I mean, really, we've been doing podcasts and chatting in, in chats for 10 years, 10 years. Yeah, or so. we, we were doing podcasts and just didn't record it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, well, here we go. We're starting a new new chapter. Okay, well, Brandon, enjoy the rest of your day and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Paul. See ya. Yeah.